Can I have a you vacation? Good? Oh, I was too soon to ask. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, no, no. You're fine. You you're fine. You, you, you can, you can have a vacation, man. You can have a vacation. I know it's front of mind for you. You know. Ah, uh, every day. But, uh, it, you know, I love these conversations. Don't get me wrong. This is always something I look forward to. One of my, one of my. It is the best way to start the day. You know, the best part of waking up is not Folgers in your cup. You remember that commercial? That's I do. I do. Oh, you do. Okay. Is that what you're drinking? Up is OSW daily. No, there not you <laughs> much you're, you're, you're not wrong. You're not wrong. Mike. Yeah. 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 So, um, so how was your day yesterday, Matt? How, how are you feeling today? Everything good? Oh, good. Good. Yeah. I've always had those, the post live stream overthinking, but I thought it went really well yesterday. Our guest, Lori Rowlandson, you know, Lori from BGIS up in Toronto, Canada. She had the full hour to herself and we just had so much to talk about. The time went by, much like it does here, very quickly. And, you know, I have one of these, we talked about squirrel brain. She, she wrote an article uh, even before the pandemic about her squirrel brain where, you know, as a creative thinker and has a innovative mind, it's so easy to get distracted. You know, you'll have an idea and, and you'll want to go that direction and you, it's hard to focus at any given time. And she re-released that article during these recent weeks since everybody's been locked down for three months and she got so much more reaction to it the second time than she did the first time it was published. I think everybody's experiencing uh, to a degree, this, this inability to focus and, and, and how do we get, be, how do we get that outlet for our creativity and our wanting to be a contributor and innovative part of our workplace environment. So hopefully we'll talk some about that, but, but the squirrel idea, you know, of, of just easily distracted by something, um, was that in a movie? It might've been in a Disney movie, Squirrel. Uh, that, that resonated with me. I definitely have that problem. So when I'm at the beginning of either this type of conversation where I have so many thoughts, I wanna get to you in these next 30 minutes or at the beginning of my live stream each Wednesday at noon Eastern, workplaceinnovator.com. It's like, I, I wanna get all this stuff out. I wanna tell you all this stuff we're gonna talk about for the next hour. And, my, and those first five minutes are, are always a, a mess. Just I'm all over the place. It's so funny to go back and watch <laughs> me trying to start the live stream and that's what it was that's what's on my mind so i'm a little bit a little bit excited today good good well i'm glad to hear i thought we when you said squirrel brain i thought you're gonna you know in this environment we're all squirreling away our money or something like that i thought that's where you were gonna go but uh, <laughs> no 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 you didn't didn't just alert us no no i hear you i hear you good well i'm glad it went well um and the last couple of days we've been teasing ourselves about going back and finishing off conversations that we started in, in previous yes. in previous uh, videos um so uh, two days ago we finished where we, we were having the conversation around getting comfortable being uncomfortable and then yesterday we kind of continued that conversation as we sort of recapped a webinar i participated in the day before for next gen women in finance um and uh so i titled this one reinventing and keeping yourself relevant and, and the whole idea here is really just to talk on some of those things mike and just really to you know what are the things that you and i have experienced and sort of uh, we've developed through our careers the way we look at it and again it's not that we're any expert but in essence it's like is there anything we can help people you know with an approach to to individuals approach to a mindset how you view career paths and, and sort of the future. And that's sort of what, kind of what I'd like to sort of get out. And we can ask each other questions back and forth and just share some concepts or things that we have find relevant, you know? Um, yeah, especially and, now. And, we, and we can take it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, right? I mean, it's yeah, yeah. It's a, it's, it's a challenge for especially a young 
person in their career or, or anyone. It's you've been locked away, essentially squirreled away mm -hmm. in lockdown <laughs> and you're not as seen as much in your office. You're not you're not seen by your management team, your leadership team. Are you being able to ask the right questions and hear the right things? A lot of times you hear, you know, things that help you direct your activity in an organization by overhearing a conversation or just having that spontaneous chat with someone from the leadership team that you pass by in the hallway and you get an idea of where the organization is trying to go and, and then you can align your skill set with what they're trying to do and you can be seen and heard and, and you have those opportunities, right? And mm -hmm. I think that's one of the big challenges of the work from home uh, existence. As, as long as we're in this COVID-19 existence where either offices are going to be closed or open to a limited number of people, how do we encourage each other to find ways to prove our value, to grow in our career, to find the mentorship, be a mentor to a younger uh, employee? And you're very passionate about that, right? Isn't that one of your things that you've always done is, is bring on interns or bring on young professionals and, and mentor them? Is that something you've been able to continue over these last few months, Steve? Um, yes, yes, yes and no. Yes and no. Um, yes, in a sense of uh, I continue to chat with those who I have been chatting with. Um, no, in a sense of there's been, hasn't been very, very few people have reached out to me in a sense from that younger demographic. Um, um, but for those of my level, um, in a sense of within other companies, absolutely. It, and it sort of speaks volumes in a sense of, and it, it sort of dovetails into what you were saying, right? The uncertainty, what that does is creates uncertainty, uncertainty in our own minds, right? Because we don't know what's going to happen in the future. We have uncertainty and we've never been through this before. So we have alerts in our own head. So how do we ensure we're making the right decision? We're giving the right advice. We're understanding what other people are doing. So I've spent a lot of time chatting with people uh, from other organizations that typically those groups would not have been created. Those people wouldn't have been so open and we would have been sort of more, more um, insular, you know, hmm. in, in a sense yeah. of our approach, but actually I find more people are open to conversations. Um, and, you know, and as I think about open source workplace, the amount of people who have made time because they probably feel they have more time. A lot of these folks are, you know, business owners, leaders who also want to engage with an audience um, on what they are, who they are, and allow people to see them for who, sure. who they are or who their companies are. So um, I'm not sure if I would often a tangent there away from well, your that's question two whether I, I give it. They're, yeah. they're both interesting points to discuss one I'm seeing as well and anecdotally hearing that for example in the furniture industry or in the architecture and design industry that what would be what would have been barriers of conversation or collaboration across competitors mm -hmm. natural mm -hmm. organic competitors in those industries there's they're seeing in this time of crisis and now need to help clients of all stripes move forward through this pandemic situation and plan their future workplace, that there's this more willingness to talk and, and collaborate even among what would traditionally be competitors. I think that's refreshing. I think I've always thought we have a uh, bountiful or a uh, abundance philosophy. Um, I've always had an abundance philosophy. There's a lot of business out there. There's enough for everyone. Let's 
help each other and steer our clients to the right resource for the right particular project, as opposed to a scarcity mindset, which says, I can't even be in the same room with my competitor. I, I don't want them to hear or know any of my secrets. And I have this very uh, protective view of the world and my customers are my customers. Don't you talk to them? And I think some of that has shifted in this COVID situation, certainly online and in the world of social media and, and platforms like open source workplace and on my show. But I was also interested in knowing about internally, you know, the, the traditional growth cycle. And this came up on the live stream yesterday. Maybe we can explore this. You know, Madison Doika, my co-host on the live stream, you've met Maddie. Mm -hmm. She joined iOffice a week and a half, two weeks before the lockdown. So she's literally in the office for 10 days getting acclimated to a new job, a new team, a new company, sitting in that headquarters building in Houston. And then everybody sent home back, you know, go home and, and uh, work from home. And she's not been back since. So three months later into her career with iOffice, uh, how's she doing? You know, she's a young professional trying to make her way in a new company, get to know her team, get to know her bosses, her, her managers and leadership. Uh, I'm actually part of that you know, in the org chart, I joked yesterday, I, I guess I thought about it. I said, yeah, you know, actually I'm on that organizational chart. How am I doing as your supervisor in this lockdown situation? And, and we joked a little about it. Lori started asking some questions about it. And she actually observed that we had an interesting dynamic and a, and a very good rapport, even more kind of a comfort level and, a, and an ability to work together that is beyond what you would expect after only three months together. And I'm wondering, and this feeds into your theory, that maybe even in a, some strange way, the lockdown situation has accelerated um, our working relationship and the, the rapid development. Even though I've never met her in person, we've never been in the same room together. Uh, I've been remote and trapped here in DC, never been to Houston in the last three months. And uh, we have this great working relationship uh, going on and it was done all over zoom and through slack and through live stream broadcasts. I recommended that everybody who hires a new employee should start a broadcast <laughs> with them. And that's the best uh, way to grow the relationship. It's, it's funny as you were chatting and you were mentioning and teeing that up, which was, which is great. And it's, and it's great that you guys have that relationship and, and, and so fast, even when I first, I was on your first live stream, I believe. And she obviously only been there for a couple of weeks. You can already see that, you know, you guys were connected and whenever you do something new whenever you set up something new and you're trying something new together then that just binds people right um and and the fact that your reliance on each other so your partners in it it actually just creates that greater deeper bond also um so i think that's a big thing and i know you had teed up to do a live stream anyway it just so happened that COVID hit and it just appeared at what you were producing and what your plans were was what everybody else in the industry was thinking about as well once COVID hit. Um, well, no, but, actually, uh, to be to be too, totally transparent, it was an idea that was born out of the lockdown. It wasn't oh, okay. because okay. I ah. knew we'd be where we are today by no means. It was the first week of March. I was coming back from Charlotte, North Carolina, which was my last live speaking gig at an IFMA event there. I was on a plane back. And I'm watching, you know, or on the, during my travels home, I was seeing all these emails coming in about all my events kind of either being postponed or canceled. And at that point, mm. COVID was just taking hold here in the U.S. And there were just discussions of we'll have to delay this event. We'll push it back a couple of weeks or maybe a couple of months. 
it wasn't the idea that everything would be shut down, but then very quickly it started to happen where it was shutting down. And I, and I, my brain started saying, we need to keep our community together and let's do something. So the live stream idea was born. I of course was doing my podcasting and other speaking events were always part of my role here. If McCornet local and, and the big national conferences, I was planning a trip to Europe for IFMA, the middle of March that was canceled. So all that was breaking down and I wanted to do something that would be, again, born out of my idea of, I wanna be in front of my, my audience. I wanna be in front of my colleagues, my, my coworkers and my, you know, this audience of workplace leaders. So the live stream was born and then Maddie had just been hired before the COVID-19 situation. She was hired, you know, to be a support person for our events team. She was my field of, uh, her title is field events uh, manager. So she was going to be the one to help me do all those big events, you know, including mm -hmm. our trade show booth and things like that. So yeah, she was, she was hired before COVID, but also once the events started being canceled, the physical events, we had to figure out how can we make the most of her talents and utilize her, her skill set. So the live stream was a, was a part of that. She's done other things as Got well, it. but, but it's interesting. Uh, I didn't, you said partnership when we, when you noticed we were a co-host, mm -hmm. I didn't think of her as an employee. And, and I don't know if this is, again, I'm not a typical manager. I'm usually a pretty a renegade lone, lone wolf kind of producer. Um, but I have managed some people over the years and I've never thought of myself as a traditional hierarchical manager. It's almost like this is a member of my team, more of a partner. Let's work on this project together. And that's what the live stream was. And maybe that's what you're picking up on. Yeah. Yeah. Is that a style of management? I don't even know if I just, that's just the way I do things. No, and I think but the thing that's what management is, right? You have to be authentic to yourself and who you are. Um, and I think there's there's no right way, no wrong way per se. It's it's you know it's. I, I think it's a really tough thing to balance in identifying what needs to be done and then building relationships and ensuring those things get done. Right. And, and that's, that's all part of it. I don't think there's a right way. There's a wrong way. You used to be authentic to yourself, know what the, know what the deliverables are, what the outcomes are, and then corral a team to get them invested in that outcome mm -hmm. and then support mm -hmm. everybody to get everything through. And, you know, one of the things that I look for and what I try to do is I don't necessarily, I, I try to manage energy rather than the, an outcome, so to speak, because everyone's invested in the outcome. How do you keep and maintain energies towards delivering that outcome? So, you know, as individuals, we often, if you think about an employee on day one, hyper motivated, hyper excited, energy oh, sure. levels really high. So taken from that concept, how do you manage that? Um, and then allow people to develop skills, feel they're contributing, um, feel that they're learning they're getting experiences in their, you know, in, in their day-to-day -day lives and work and working life. And then with those things, then energy kind of keeps high. So therefore they keep projecting and keep coming with, um, with ideas and, and, and they're self-motivating. Right. Um, I think sort of, that's sort of how I look at it. And um, that's how I try to manage things. Trust me, pe people who, who manage will tell you my, my weaknesses and they'll tell you like that, what they are. Right. Um, they may say I have one or two little strengths, but. Uh, <laughs> but no, yeah, I like I, that I think, though. That, yeah. That's the idea of aligning people with their strengths. Right. And right. that's something that I need to be more deliberate about. Um, and I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm taking a lesson here from our just conversation about working with Maddie and others in my organization is, 
you know, I have my strengths and I know what I get energized about, what I'm most passionate about, but I don't think I've ever asked, what are you most passionate about, Madison? What do you want to do more of, or where do you want to take more ownership and, and lead us and help strengthen the company, the organization, strengthen our offering? And that's something I got to do a better job of. So good tip. Yeah. Steve. Yeah. And I think, I think, I think, course. I think, I think the challenge though, when we ask those questions is providing an answer to those questions, I think is, is often, a, it's often tough. So okay. when I have those conversations with, with my manager, um, I struggle sometimes to articulate what it specifically is that um, it is I want. Um, I have a, an idea about where I want to go, but when you're asked that specific question, if you ask Maddie or so, or Maddie asked you, what is it you want to do, Mike? It's it's often quite hard to synthesize into a sentence or a uh, a a target, right? Because in essence, what we want to continually do is we can't continually want to learn. This is how I I, was, I look at it. It's I want to continually learning. I want to feel like I'm contributing. Again, to go back to those three things, right? That those are the three things I sort of go back to, and and I often find it hard. So I understand whenever some people find it tough to articulate the answer to that question. But yeah, but you I mean yeah, you should, yeah, definitely have that conversation. And then you know, um, I think it also be I think it's also good to share your perspective from your what what you're working towards as well, because if you create a common goal, if you create a, I mean, a common purpose and um, within a team, then yeah. I think also that's really helpful. But um, well, it's also good to keep in mind the title of today's video, which is reinventing yeah. ourselves. And, and yeah. that requires being uncomfortable as we picked it up from, you mentioned a couple of days ago, be comfortable being uncomfortable is something that we've talked about time and again, and it's something I struggle with because I think our default setting as human beings is to stick with what we're good at and do more of that. And that mm. question I'm asking Maddie or someone you asked me, or you try to have struggle a struggle with communicating to your boss, it's you, you want to lean into your strengths, but at the same time, the marketplace is moving, the organization is shifting, especially in these times we are required to now do things that we weren't doing three, four months ago what can we do to align our skill set with this new goal, this new outcome, this new uh, requirement? And, and then if we don't have that in our toolbox currently, can we upskill? Can we learn something new? Can we reinvent ourselves and continue to be successful in our careers? And I think the answer is yes. I think that that's the short answer. The long answer is it's going to take time. It's going to take a lot of discomfort and, some frustration and some period, a period of time where you're not as proficient as you want to be. Mm. Um, and maybe, you know, you're putting yourself out there a little bit offering to do something that you don't know how to do yet. And that was something, you know, I think you said, or someone I interviewed on my show said, you know, if someone off asks you to do something because it's needed and you seem to be the best person to maybe take tackle this project, say yes, and then figure it out later. I know that's, yeah. a, that's kind of a common uh, entrepreneurial type mantra, but, but it's true. It, it's, you'll, you'll figure it out and maybe it will be something you're not good at and then you hand it off to someone who is better at it once you've learned it, but, but not being afraid to you know, risk failure, risk being mm -hmm. uncomfortable by going down that path is something that's important, especially in these crazy fast moving times. 
No, you're one hundred percent right, and um, I do want to. I do want to continue the conversation, but Mike, Mike, we did we did get a question, um, not relevant, but I thought I'd ask you anyway. Do you like Nutella? <laughs> That's the question. So there you go. That's the question. I've never had Nutella. I know what it is. No, I get out of here. Really, young people were, were like my kids were oh, big uh, into it in college. I don't know what uh, it is. I mean, I know it's like chocolate, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is it like some artificial, uh, chemically produced chocolate, or is it real oh, chocolate? Oh, I, I wouldn't know. I wouldn't know that. Um, I, <laughs> I, I, I wouldn't uh, like to suggest one Who way or the this other. Might, is this one know, of our listeners, our, our viewers out somebody there? Somebody who's somebody who is watching. Yeah. Well, yeah. thanks for the uh, question. I'm question. I'm glad, yeah. I'm glad you brought that up. <laughs> I do like dark chocolate. I I do uh, enjoy a little piece of Dove dark chocolate mm. in the red aluminum foil. If you're see, looking for it on the shelf. It's, are you, are you, are you looking for a gift? No, well, I've got, I just got that for my birthday, by the way, from my kids. They know very good, I enjoy very it. good. It's a Let's good, go. it's a, it's the perfect size little treat to uh, finish off a meal and clear the palate yeah. for the, uh, the next uh. phase of your life. So <laughs> there we go. Well, after How about that, you, we'll, Nutella, is I've, that your, uh, is that in your um, house? Uh, every now and again, I'll go through phases. I, I do like it whenever I have like crepes or something like that. I, I like it with oh, that. Okay. It's really okay. it's really good. Um, and I'm and I'm a milk chocolate guy, but I'm very much a British milk chocolate guy. I don't like much mm. of the American chocolates. Um, but I guess it's just what You're I not hanging what out I grew Hershey up. PA. No, no, no. I've been there, but chocolate I don't town. hang out there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but anyway, been. after that little sidestep, let's get back on uh, on topic. What what are the um, one of the toughest questions I find to ask when I'm sort of evaluating and sort of looking at myself, inner self. And it was asked by Bonnie Manter, who has been absolutely fantastic to me and made a lot of introductions. And, and uh, she, she's a phenomenal, phenomenal lady. And she has a very simple question. And you actually may have been there, actually, when we were at, the, at this at, uh, Cortec last year, she came up and she asked the question that floored me. It's like, what makes you unique? Mm-hmm. and it's 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 a really simple question but it to answer it it strips you down to answer it honestly for yourself because yeah. it's it really takes away all airs all graces to your most vulnerable self and asks you what do you actually think makes you unique and i, I struggle whenever what is it what are you saying uh, did you answer her Oh, I, I, I did not Stumbled, answer her then, some, but some and, then she, and she, and she, intend, she didn't, um, she wasn't intending for me to ask or answer her right there. And then she wanted you to think about that, it. What is it? To you, think about it. Yeah. 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 Well, it's a but year it was, later, uh, Steve. Have you thought about it? You have an answer. <laughs> I have. And, and, uh, it's a very, it's a very private conversation. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah. 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 With yourself. So, Those are the best kind, the- right? <laughs> <laughs> no, I did have a conversation with her at a round table oh, on, with her. On, on, okay. on the topic. Yeah, yeah. So I it's, have conversations um, but... with myself about what, what makes me so unique. I usually stare <laughs> in the mirror and tell myself, you're the best. You're the best. I'm just kidding. I should just cut that and um and, and throw that out there, Mike. <laughs> see, see if we get some uh, you know, create a gif. You're the best. You're, you're the, the best. best. <laughs> DJ Mike P. Uh, you can uh, do this. It's too funny. It's too funny. All Get right. All that, right. Mike. So, so, um, and, and I think, so getting back to, you know, that, that point, I think if you want to evaluate who you are, um, is, as you sit down and you look through as individuals look through 
you know, what does the future look like? Ask yourself those things. What is unique? What is the things that I want to do? What is what are the things that I really enjoy doing? And I, and I know my my your your personal self reflection. You you look at the things that you're doing every not not you don't do it every day, but you still look at am I enjoying what I'm doing? And, and I do the same, right? And it's 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 why, um, you know, I, I have a few days off work. I, I continue to do this because I enjoy doing this so much. I enjoy reading, I enjoy learning, and I enjoy sharing and participating in webinars and so on and so forth. Meeting people, yeah, having these conversations. Right. Um, and, you know, it's, I think everybody has to sort of take that look upon themselves. And I think it's important to do so. And, and the more you do it, I think the more beneficial it is to you. What do you think about that? I agree. I agree. Yeah. I, okay. I wouldn't maybe use my vacation time to do it, but I do enjoy what I do is for elements of what I do and right. webinars and, and these types of conversations. I'm always learning something new. I'm always having fun. I love taking the walls down. And I, I have hard to describe what this is. I, I think the biggest lesson I've learned after four years of, of podcasting um, and interviewing people and still to this day, getting intimidated by someone's expertise, someone's image, someone's brand, mm. someone's especially the, the celebrities I would call in our workplace industry, yeah. those people you see on stage, you see, you know, writing books and, and presenting themselves as the industry experts. It's, it's just our human nature to, to see that person and say they're um, unapproachable or, or difficult, something beyond a human being. And, and what I've learned and I am so satisfied with is when I get to know someone because of this opportunity you and I have on our platform to interview people, you just find very quickly that that they are the same as you and me. They're just human beings and they have their expertise and their passions and their understanding of certain areas, but they struggle in other areas. And and if you can find one, if you if you can have that conversation to where you can extract what you you know get from their expertise while also humanizing them and, and letting them be seen by your audience as just a, a person who yes has some strengths has some wisdom has some knowledge but also doesn't have all the answers is humble and and willing to acknowledge that they're just a, a person who puts their pants on one leg at a time as they say that that that's so satisfying to me and that's why i always ask the, the questions about music and just trying to find out you know everybody likes music some kind of music or podcasts or tv shows if you need to find an escape. What do you do? And it gives you that little picture into the personality of the person. And I always find that most satisfying. So yeah. And that's something I'll do even when I'm not working like you. So you're doing that type of thing and finding satisfaction right. in it, which is, which is awesome. Yeah. And so I want to touch on something you just, you just said there, Mike, because I, I can totally relate to it, right? You know, we interview people who are absolute experts in really complex areas how do you feel or how do you approach that in a sense of whenever you know you're going to have an interview with somebody who just knows a subject that you're like, this is going to go way over my head. <laughs> how do you, how do you approach that? I, I fake it. I fake it till I make it. You no, I, it. Seriously, uh, I smile and say, wow, that's interesting. Uh, and then I'll listen back and figure out what they were talking about. It's, but it's, it's hard so because you, yeah. you want to take what they say and then ask another question. Mm -hmm. And sometimes you can, and sometimes it's okay to put yourself in a vulnerable position and say, I don't know what you just 
said? What was that phrase or what was that right. concept? Right. Can you explain it to me? Because yeah. if I don't understand it, you don't understand it. Someone listening out there doesn't understand it. If they use yeah. an abbreviation or they use a term or a, a concept that we're not familiar with and they say it in a way that they just assume we know because they're so deep into it, we right. need to be as interviewers, people that are the voice of the audience and say, if I don't get this, someone else isn't getting it and be, right. and it's hard Talk about being uncomfortable. Yeah. It's admitting you don't know something. Yeah. It's not, yeah. not something we, that comes naturally to us. Yeah, no, I, and it's, I agree with you. And it's something that um, I've consciously tried to work on. Um, it's there, there are topics and people who have brought on an interview where I just go, I don't know what you're talking about half the time. Um, but, but I but I preface it I preface it up by saying look I want you to educate me and the audience yeah. Yeah, on your topic absolutely and and that's 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 sort of where I, I try to come at it so I think you know the lesson there is you know you don't whenever you're reaching out to people whenever you want to learn more whenever you want to grow your team and audience because I think growing your team and audience and getting people with different mindsets different viewpoints building that is like one of the most important things you can do and it's something I wish I had done younger when I was younger. Mm. Um, so as you know, those folks who are at your level today, the younger you are, they're the folks that are going to be tomorrow's leaders, right? And so how do you build Absolutely. those connections as you go through your career? And um, it's really then uh, building that but understanding that actually, they each have their own vulnerabilities. And there may be something that you can offer that perhaps they they, they don't have uh, that knowledge of. And then that's when it becomes a a real mutual beneficial arrangement, right? Not arrangement, arrangement is not right, but but relationship. Yeah, and it's it's a, yeah. just bringing us full circle to where we started with my accelerated getting to know my coworker mm -hmm. Maddie. That this this what we're talking about here applies to your workplace, applies to your organization, applies to your career, folks. If you're not broadcasting like us and doing interviews on a live stream or on a podcast this type of stuff, this principle applies. Ask a lot of questions in the workplace with your supervisor, with your colleagues, with the vendors that come in to, to talk to you. Ask questions, learn as much as you can. Don't be afraid, don't be shy. If a, a vendor is presenting a new software tool or new technology and, and is bringing up a term that you don't understand, stop them and say, please explain that to me. And that takes vulnerability, mm -hmm. but it's so mm -hmm. valuable and you'll be mm -hmm. so much better off for it. It's something that we all have to learn to do better. So I, I yeah. hope that's uh, inspirational and, and encouraging and, and helpful to the people watching today. Yep. And we go back to where we started, right? Get them, get comfortable being uncomfortable. Yes. That's Mike. my book title. Mark. There you go. Tate. It is. It is. Nobody it is. else can it, use that. You just put the IP on it. It's done. All right. It's recorded. All right, mate. Trademark. All right. Have a great DJ day. Mike P. Cheers. Bye. <laughs> Cheers.